Hey everyone. All right, we are here with you today. Got some different tunes today. Got a happy little song. You know why? Got a happy series coming up. Oh yeah, I like this series. Gonna be a good one. I'll tell you what, this is one you want to get a friend to listen. And make sure you get to the podcast as well, because this will be a podcast this afternoon. You don't want to miss it. So even though you're listening on WARV 1590 AM dial, 92.7 FM dial, we're also on New Hope Radio Facebook, and it will be a podcast at newhopecc.tv. Also Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, all those places where good podcasts are found. We're going to take a look at a series this week. I want it to be really encouraging. Because God wants all of his people to know something. He wants you to know something. You know what that is? That you are beautiful. Oh, you're beautiful in His sight. And today we're going to see a gift that God gives us. You know what He gives us? Beauty for ashes. You got ashes, I got ashes. We all have ashes. God will take those ashes, he'll give you beauty. We're going to see how that works today, so thank you for joining me here on New Hope Radio. And I love talking about Jesus because if we're going to learn about someone, he's the one to learn about. He really is. He had a wonderful mission that I wish more people understood. And I think one of the great heartaches in life is to be misunderstood. He was misunderstood. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's happened to you. You know that your intentions are pure and your motives are right, but I don't know. Someone doesn't see it that way, and that can be painful. As God's people, we always want to have the right understanding of who Jesus is and what he wants to do. You know, even among his own people, there are times that he was misunderstood. His family misunderstood him. The religious leaders misunderstood him. Sometimes the people that he helped, (laughs) they misunderstood him too. That's why this series is so important. Jesus wants you to know that you are beautiful in his sight. Now, others may not see your beauty. You may not even see your own beauty. But Jesus does. So we're going to begin today with a prophecy about Jesus. It was written 700 years before he came. It's incredible. One of the greatest defenses of the Bible are the prophecies that were written about Christ hundreds and hundreds of years before he came. Unbelievable. But they are believable. So this one was written 700 years before he came. And uh, one day in the synagogue, Jesus was called upon to read. And he read from the book of Isaiah, actually the scroll of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1. Here's what he read. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. So Jesus talks about being sent with the good news, eulogizo. That's the gospel. You know, the gospel is good news. It's good news because it's God's message to us that we can be forgiven. We can be saved. We can live with him forever. I want you to notice the condition of the audience that Jesus was reading to. He said they were afflicted. Now, to be afflicted means to be very needy, poor, even depressed. It's not just being needy, but knowing that you are needy. Some of you may be familiar with the story of The Emperor's New Clothes by Hans Christian Andersen. You know what's sad today? Our younger generation is not growing up with the ancient literature writers like Aesop's Fables, Hans Christian Andersen. And there's some great moral stories hidden in these fables. Well, let me reflect a little bit. The emperor was a very vain man, and he cared nothing about ruling his kingdom, but only in dressing in fine clothing. One day, two swindlers came to town, and they let it be known that they were weavers of the most magnificent fabrics and colors. Not only were their colors and patterns uncommonly fine, but clothes made of this cloth had a wonderful way of becoming invisible to anyone who was unfit for his office or who was unusually stupid. <laughs> Those would be just the clothes for me, thought the emperor. If I wore them, I'd be able to discover which men in my empire are unfit for their posts. And I could tell the wise men from the fools. Yes, I certainly must get some of the stuff woven for me. I got to do it right away. So we paid the two swindlers a large sum of money to stop work at once. When the outfit was finally brought to him, he said, What's this? He thought to himself, I can't see anything. Oh, this is terrible. Am I a fool? Am I unfit to be the emperor? What a thing to happen to me, of all people. Oh, but you know what he said instead? Oh, it's very pretty. It has my highest approval. And he nodded approbation at the empty loom. Nothing could make him say that he couldn't see anything. All the people of the kingdom, they didn't want to look like fools either. So they agreed that it was, oh, that's a very stunning outfit, emperor. And the king made a procession through town. And all the people expressed their admiration. Here he comes in his undies, walking down the street. Everybody's glowing. Oh, what a wonderful outfit that is. Except one little boy. He cried out, Hey, the emperor has no clothes. And the point is, it took the innocence of a child to discern the truth and to acknowledge it. The gospel is for all people. But one's need must first be recognized if it's going to be of any benefit. If you, have to, if you have a need, you have to recognize that need. You have to recognize a need, oh, here it comes, to be saved. So Jesus said, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Oh, to bind up the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted means you're broken in pieces. You're broken in the inner man. You have a difficult time thinking because you're so broken. Can't put your thoughts together. Liberty to the captives. Captives are those that have been carried away into captivity. They're under the control of something else. Perhaps you felt like that. In bondage to something else, someone else. None of these pictures emit any kind of beauty or desire. But you see, this was a message of hope. Of hope to Israel for the bondage that they found themselves in. And it's a message for people of all generations. That's why I love the Word of God. It's timeless. And it's for all those that find themselves in difficult places in life where you feel you've been carried away against your own will. You find yourself in a situation where it's like, how did I get here? I don't want to be here. I don't know how to get out. I feel like a captive. I don't know how to escape. Well, Jesus said, I've come to set you free. I've come to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. The favorable year of the Lord. You know what that is? That's the year of jubilee. For the Old Testament Jews in Leviticus 25, the 50th year is a sacred time. It's a time of freedom and celebration when everyone will receive back their original property. All debts are forgiven. Slaves will return home to their families. It's a great time every 50 years. Verse 3, I was sent to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of grieving, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, when Jesus read that he would grant those who mourn a garland instead of ashes. Now, the garland was basically uh, a headpiece, like a headdress. The King James has a translation that says, I will give them beauty for ashes. The garland was a picture of beauty. I like the King James there. Beauty for ashes. In the East, it was common for people to wear sackcloth, which was like a burlap. And they would throw dust and ashes over themselves to express their grief. And that was that, the ashes. One of David's daughters was raped by one of his sons. Second Samuel 13, Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her long-sleeved garment. And she went away crying very loudly as she wept. In the book of Esther, a letter was sent giving permission to destroy all the Jews in the land. It said, In each and every province where the command and decree of the king came, 
there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay on sackcloth and ashes. Again, a picture of great grief. Following the preaching of Jonah in Nineveh, when the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe, and covered himself with sackcloth and sat on the ashes. I'm sure there have been times in your own life, I know in mine too, you felt like that. Nothing but ashes. Ashes represent what is left after loss, which means it's not much. Now here is the promise. In your grief and in your sorrow and in your pain and confusion, Jesus is saying, I will make you beautiful. How's he going to make you beautiful? I will give you a beautiful garland, a diadem for your head that will restore your beauty and give you hope. That's what he does. Jesus told a story about a young girl. She, she was going to get married, but she lost one of the coins in her headpiece as part of her wedding outfit. The significance of the headpiece was the completion of her beauty. Beautiful dress, beautiful headpiece, but the coin was missing. And she couldn't get married until she found that coin. And you might be familiar with the story. She called her friends. They swept the house, looked all over, finally found it. And they celebrated. They celebrated. Now she was completely and totally beautiful. For many of you, there's a special crown that waits for you. Oh yeah, there's a crown that's going to add to your beauty. The Apostle Paul, he tells us about it in 2 Timothy 4.8. He said, in the future there is laid up for me, talking about himself right there, and he deserves it, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. So Paul is going to get a crown, a beautiful crown, a crown of righteousness. Righteousness is, is what? Righteousness comes from receiving Christ. He said, it's going to be awarded to me, but not only to me, also to all who have loved his appearing. Let me ask you. Are you excited about the appearance of Jesus? Are you anticipating his coming? Are you waiting anxiously for him to come and take us home? Take the bride home. We're going to be married in heaven. We're going to be the bride, we're the bride of Christ. We're going to be outfitted with a beautiful garment of righteousness ourselves. And then we're coming back for a thousand year reign with the Lord. Does that excite you? Do you love his appearing? I mean, let's face it. Don't you love people that can't wait to see you? If someone can't wait to see you, it's because they love you. You know, when you get off a plane, I like getting off a plane and I walk into the terminal and I see all these people and they're receiving passengers off the plane and they're so happy. Some have signs 
and they're happy and some are crying and they're hugging and it's like a beautiful reunion. A tiny picture of what it's going to be like when we see Jesus. They're all going to be together. You see, the people in the terminal, they loved the appearing of their loved ones when they get off the plane. Is your love for Jesus like that? You have the same kind of love. He said in verse 3, I will give you the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. You know what the mantle was? The mantle was like a garment, an outer garment, and it's a covering. Now picture this. I will give you a mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. It means to be covered in praise. Covered in praise. Imagine to be in a place in life where you've got nothing but praise for God. I know we don't have that here. Sometimes we have a lot of complaints. God, how could you? God, don't you see? But there's going to come a time. It's going to be all praise. All praise for God. That's going to be an incredible time. That's why it's good to be excited about the Lord coming back for his church. Don't be so attached to the world that the return of Jesus is like an inconvenience. I mean, really? Really? I mean, sure, we have responsibilities on the earth, and we love being alive. We know that. We love our families and our friends and children and grandchildren. We love our lives. But in comparison to Christ coming to take us home, oh, there is no comparison. There's no comparison at all. You know, we know if we're honest about it, life on earth, it's pretty difficult. Even for the Christian. Yeah, people that love God. We have ashes. We have ashes. What are ashes? That which is left over after loss. It's not much. Not much. We all have ashes for some reason. But even in your ashes, God can and God will make you beautiful. That's what he does. He does that. It's like the earth is a flea market. And you know, when you go to the flea market, you buy all these things that need work. This one's broken. This one's rusty. This one needs fixing. And talented people buy those things and they take them home. And they fix them and they shine them up and they get them working and they're beautiful. They're restored to new. And they sell them for more money. Or maybe they keep them. Well, picture we are in a giant flea market. We are rusty and broken and not functioning properly. And Jesus comes into the flea market. And he buys us. And he works in us. And he shines us up. And gets us working. Removes the rust. And we become beautiful. We become beautiful in his sight. See, this is what he promised to do. And I'll tell you what, if Jesus promises to do something, oh yeah, 
You know he's going to do it. If he promises to do it, he's going to do it. Sometimes it's good, I think, to look a little more forward. We can be so consumed with, like, right now, that maybe we don't look forward enough. Forward to what's to come. The best is yet to come. It's true. We know that. The best is yet to come. And when will that begin? That will begin when the Lord Jesus comes to get us. And he's going to take us home. He's going to, think about it, he's going to share his home with us. You know, you do that with people that you love. You share your home with people that you care about, that you value. And for him to share his home with us is to show how much he values us and how much he loves us. So let's just, let me read that scripture again because it's such a beautiful prophecy. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. You know, we can be in that place. You might be in that place right now. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. To proclaim freedom. He said, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland or giving them beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. Wow. The mantle of praise, being covered in praise instead of a spirit of fainting. Oh, you want to faint sometimes. We faint because we have no energy. We have no strength. We have no hope. You look, you look forward and you know what you see? Nothing. You're tired. But he gives you a spirit of praise. Wow. A mantle of praise so you don't faint. See, praise and worship, you know what it does? It fires us up. Builds us up. Strengthens us. Encourages us. Worship is incredible. That's why you never want to miss worship when you go to church. Don't think, oh, worship, they're just singing. I got plenty of time. No, man, worship sets the stage. It sets the mood. It prepares your heart. And notice he said, they will be called oaks of righteousness. You know, it's interesting, the oak, right? It's like one of the strongest trees. Yeah, it's not a weeping willow. It doesn't say you're going to be a weeping willow, crying all the time. Oak. Oak tree. Strong oak tree. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice? And won't that be awesome when God is glorified in your life? You know how he's glorified in your life? He gives you beauty for ashes. Give him your ashes. And he'll give you his beauty. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. I mean, who would... See, ashes aren't worth anything to anybody except to God. And you know why ashes are so important to God? Because they're yours. See, anything about you is important to God. Whatever it is. Your tears. You know what the Bible says about your tears? 
they're stored in a bottle before his throne. And that's just a beautiful way of saying that he's mindful of your hurts. He's mindful. He's not forgetful. They're right there in front of him. Are not all thy tears stored in a bottle, the way it says biblically? And they are. See, everything about you is important to God. That's why when Jesus said, even the hairs of your head are numbered, that's what he's saying. Everything about you is important to God. Your good times, your bad times, your wins and your losses, your victories and your defeats, your joys and your sorrows, they're all important to God. And if you have produced a lot of ashes in your life, God will take them. Oh, God will take those ashes and he'll give you something back. He'll give you beauty. The great exchange. He'll take your ashes and he'll give you beauty. Only God can do something like that. And he will because he says that he will. When we come back next time, we're going to talk about a crown of beauty. A crown of beauty. Where does this crown come from? How do I get it? How do I get this crown? You want a crown of beauty? You want one? Come back tomorrow. We're going to see how to get it, where it comes from. It's something God wants to give. See, he, he desires to give us these things. He desires. I hope you desire to receive it. Hey, in my final minute, I just want to remind you the Academy of Higher Learning. Open house this weekend, August 22nd and 23rd. Saturday, 10 to 12. Sunday, 12 to 2. Taking enrollment for kindergarten all the way up. Nothing better than a safe environment with a godly education. Value your children. They're your greatest accent, or greatest uh, asset. They're the most important thing to you. Get them in Christian school. Parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles, join together. If parents can't afford it, maybe grandparents and aunties and uncles can pitch in, help out. Because we got to protect the next generation because this one's gone. Oh, this generation's lost. We're going to invest in the next one. We're going to save the children. So that's Academy of Higher Learning. Open house this Saturday. 10 to 12, Sunday, 12 to 2. Thank you for coming along today, New Hope Radio. Check out our podcast this afternoon, and I'll see you tomorrow for more of Beauty for Ashes.